Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On this episode, I sit down with a woman who is navigating dating while knowing that she doesn't want to have children. She shares at what point in her life she decided this, why she decided this, and how it impacts her dating life. We also discuss her personal preference of dating non-Americans and how their dating behavior is drastically different from the Americans that she's dated. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to MindsetWellness.com, fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date, and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Hi, uh, I am Anonymous. And I am here with Alana to talk about my personal experience in New York City with dating and my views on marriage, relationships, and not wanting children. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being here. I was really excited when you reached out because you messaged me and were like, I kind of just want to talk about like my dating life and my experiences. And I'm like, absolutely, that's what this is for. And even without knowing your experiences, even without at that point knowing your views on like not wanting to have children, that's the whole point of the show. It's like we all have unique experiences that have shaped like how we approach dating and relationships and like our 20s and our 30s and all that. And so I'm I'm just I really appreciate you feeling like you had something to say and that like this could be a place for that. So I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like not wanting and not to jump into it too much yet, but jump you know. dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just kick it off. You know, um, one of my beliefs, as I just mentioned, is not wanting children. And that's not something that is always talked about or really heard. Like it's just not the norm. And I felt like this would be a good platform to really kind of like expand on that um, and hopefully reach like the greater mass and, you know, provide my perspective on that. And, um, I guess, yeah, to like really kick it off then on that point about not wanting children. It's just like, it's something that I've always felt for, I mean, for context, I'm 29 and I'm about to be 30 in November, but I've always really felt that I never wanted children. It's something that I didn't really start thinking about until, you know, probably around my preteens, you know, when you, your hormones are starting to act up and kick in and, you know, you start to look at boys or girls or whatever your orientation is, you know, like, oh, like what I want to, you know, down the line when I'm an adult, you know, settle down and procreate and have a kid. And when I hit, you know, maybe around like 12, 13, like that was like the general benchmark where I was like, mm, you know, like, I don't know if this is where I want to go in life. And then, you know, it was very fleeting. Like I didn't give it too, too much thought, but like, that was like my first, like, insight into it and um 
you know, I would hear my friends around me talk about, you know, like they can't wait to grow up and, and settle down and find their person and, and have a, you know, family of two and whatnot. And I'm like, that's just, I don't think that's in the cards for me. Um, but I never really like expanded on it too much. Like I didn't share it with too many people. And if I did, like, you know, I kept it very tight lipped. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that I find it really interesting that you knew so early on that this is something about you that was relatively different from the norm. But this is something that like you really felt. I'm curious why you think you felt that way. And especially at such an early age, like, was it anything about like your upbringing or your childhood or, or like the way you were raised that or like things that you saw that made you just think so early on, like, oh, this is not for me? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a whole lot of reasons. It's first and foremost, like, I just don't want them. And no is a complete sentence. And that Absolutely. really, yeah, and that alone really like takes people back, like they don't know how to react to that. And it really genuinely is like, I do not want them. Um, and I feel like it's been a struggle having to like justify even that. So when people, you know, kind of press me on that when I'm willing to talk about this and people do press me on, well, no, there has to be more reasons why you don't want children. Like, what is it? Like, what is it? And I'm like, all right, well, if we're going to be really like practical or, or, uh, introspective about it, it's like, okay, I don't want them. A B, uh, I really don't want to procreate, which is that selfish. I don't think so. I don't want to procreate. I don't want to grow a, a human being inside of me. I don't want to give birth to it. You know, I, th that's nothing against parents and motherhood and that whole, you know, biological aspect, but I just don't want that. So that would be like B, that would be number B or number two. Number mm. three would be, you know, I don't want half of my DNA running around on the planet. Like, Let's be honest, like we're millennials, we're, we're in 2022, like mental health is very prevalent and we're willing to talk about it. There isn't really much, you know, there aren't those stigmas as much anymore. So mental health runs in my family, you know, I'm going to be honest and say there's depression, there's bipolar disorder, the whole, the whole string of it. I don't want half of my DNA running around rampant on this planet. I just, I, I wouldn't want to bring that into this world. You know, so I can keep going on with the reasons and justify why I don't, but that would be like my stronger, like those would be like the three strongest like pillars as to why. No, I actually love your response to that. First of all, yes, like no is a complete sentence. Absolutely. But I'm someone who like, I've never really thought about whether or not I'd want to have kids. It's just like, for me, I I, it's always been part of my life plan, but yeah. hearing you explain your reasons, I'm like, yeah. yeah, like go team not having kids if you don't want them, you know, and that's not really something that I've ever thought about. But like, it makes complete sense. And you just don't want them. And yeah. I can imagine that's been really difficult and made your dating life like even more complicated. Yeah. Because people like you said, like people are kind of going to push you on that and be like, well, like, what if or like, like maybe with the right person or are you really sure you don't want them? Like, yeah. and so I'm curious how that's impacted your dating life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned that and asked me that because I recently um, updated my Bumble and my Hinge profiles to say, I don't want children as 
previously for all these other years that I was on those apps, I just left that unanswered. Like I didn't even like make that a thing. And then it's, it's really because like, I knew that you and I were going to be speaking. I was like, I'm going to start to, I'm going to turn that setting on and say, I don't want kids as a like social experiment and see what Mm -hmm. happens. And so I've actually found that I've matched probably about the same with guys, even with those like filters on, but conversations haven't really stemmed from that. And they haven't really pressed me on that yet. So in terms of like having the filter on saying, I don't want children on the apps, nothing has occurred yet. Um, and in real life, you know, from just previous dating experience, it's, it's something I don't bring up because you just don't want to bring that up too early on. And also for context, yes, I am single. I'm the most single person on planet earth. Um, I promise you're not. I promise you're not. (laughs) I know. Again, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. And, uh, you know, whatever. I, I know that there's a whole slew of episodes that you have had on where you <laughs> talk about this very thing. But um, yeah, so, you know, I just try to be cognizant of that um, when I am in conversations with guys um, on dates. And obviously you don't bring that up too early on. You don't want to scare them away or anything like that. But the few instances that I have had um, with really, it's been more with like friends and family and sometimes like close coworkers that I feel comfortable sharing that with. It's not too much like in a romantic setting where this comes up. Um, so it's still an early stage social experiment to see, you know, what happens if I do continue matching with guys on the apps and if that ever does come up, which I'm mm-hmm. sure it will, because it's not often that you see women with the don't want children filter on. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm really mentally preparing myself to have those conversations down the line with a potential partner. Um, And, you know, another thing is like, I, my family is very aware of my decision and they're very supportive of it. Thank God. Um, and I say that because they're a pretty, you know, uh, conservative family. Um, but I will say that there was one particular family member who was like, well, you never know, like if you meet the right person, like you might change your mind. And I'm just, that irritates me so much because my stance on that is like, no, I know my decision. I am, that is my opinion. And that is my decision. And I stand by it. And I don't need a man to come into my life to change my mind. Mm -hmm. If the right person wants to be with me, he will be with me and respect that. And that will be our lifestyle. And that's it. Yeah. It's like, obviously this is a weird comparison, but it's like saying like, I do not want to go skydiving and like, you're not just going to jump out of a plane because a guy wants to jump out of a plane with you. You know, (laughs) like if you don't want to go skydiving ever, you're not going to go skydiving. If you don't want to get a tattoo ever, you're not going to get a tattoo just because a guy wants you to. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's just, I think it's this societal pressure and, you know, not to sound like that, but I'm going to sound like that. It's like, there was that societal pressure of like, well, you are going to go to college, you're going to graduate, you're going to settle down, you're going to find a person to marry and have a kid. And like, that is kind of like the westernized, like fairy tale story that shoved down our throats from literally birth. And to kind of go against the grain is like, whoa, what, what is going on? Like, people don't know how to handle that because they don't know how to handle or accept, you know, thinking outside of the box or alternative lifestyles. Like there really isn't I don't know where I read this, but it was recently and I'm, I'm going to try to paraphrase. Like there isn't like a singular way to live your life. You no, know? absolutely not. And, and there can't be because if there were, then that's not taking into account 
every single thing that happens to us and, and our experiences that shape us and like the losses we have, like the things that we go through, like the trauma we experience, like we, we all can't go through all of these things, but then just live our life the like one expected way doing everything like from step one to step two to step three till the yep. end, you know, that's not how life works. Exactly. I mean, we also have to take into account like the economy and inflation right now. Like we are burdened with student loan debt. We are burdened with this, you know, crazy inflation that's occurring right now. We have the war that's going on. Um, you know, it's like the financial aspect also comes into play. And that really scares people, I think. I mean, me personally, I have, you know, quite a mountain of student debt that I'm still facing. And, um, you know, I just can't really see bringing a new life into this world and having to, like, give my all to this child and then, like, take care of myself financially and then take care of the baby financially while I'm, like, paying down this mountain of debt. And, you know, it's just... We live, you and I live in the most, one of the most expensive cities in the world, which yep. was our decision. But like, again, it goes back to like, it comes full circle. Well, you know, not having kid is also my decision. So I'm going to live my lifestyle and live my life and take care of myself first before I can really, you know, maybe if I ever did like provide for someone else, you know, like I want to make sure I'm all squared away. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the financial part of this because I mean, it's something look and like I do plan to have kids like I want kids, but that's that's my decision. You know, I decided that I do, I do want that. But I, I think about this all the time where I'm like, holy fucking shit, raising a kid is so expensive. And like, I want more than one. And <laughs> Like I'm trying to work right now while like raising a puppy and yeah. my life revolves around him. Like he's my owner. I don't have a say in what goes on. Like I wake up at six 30 every day now because that's when he wants to wake up and go out and have breakfast. And there's literally nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And I have to plan my social life around him and when he wants to go for walks and when he needs to eat and like, he doesn't like being left alone. And so I can't really leave him alone. And like, it's kind of just put into perspective for me, like, oh my God, like raising a kid is like your life becomes about them. Yeah. And yeah. it's really interesting because I, I feel like we're at a point in our lives now where like with our like our friendships and our social circles, like everyone's kind of now on different timelines. And like some people are getting married, some people are starting to have kids, some people are still incredibly single and nowhere near any of that or not planning on doing that. And it's really interesting to see it all play out and everyone kind of go down these different paths at different times. And also knowing like, I, like I have a few friends who are teachers and, and we've always said like, like preschool teachers, like kindergarten, first grade teachers. I'm like, Oh my God, like, how is this the person I literally know that they got like blackout drunk over the weekend. Now they're taking, now they're like responsible for this four year old all day long. Like what? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to see that like just flip and it's like almost like a natural flip. I mean, to you and I, maybe it seems like a natural flip. Like, like you said, like yeah. <laughs> one weekend, like a couple of years ago, blacked out. And now they're like tucking in their like, you know, one year old. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Oh. It is really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in, in the fact that you updated your app. So I really like that social experiment that you're doing because mm -hmm. I kind of think, and, and just from conversations I've had and, and research I've done, I actually think that telling somebody like talking about like future plans earlier on like the earlier the better because I guess my 
worry or my concern in your situation would be like, what if you meet somebody, you start going on a few dates, like maybe they didn't realize that now that you have that filter, like maybe they didn't realize what the filter was toggled to, or they didn't like notice that on your profile and you're on date like five or six with them. You start to really feel this connection and this thing comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that exactly when I, when I was deciding to put them on that I thought about, because I mean, as I said, I'm like one of the most single people in the city. And like a lot of the first dates that I go on haven't really progressed to other things. Like I've gone on like a second or third where I think like, oh, like this is going really well. That topic has not come up yet, but like it usually kind of like tapers off after like the second or third date. So I haven't been able to really like get to that yet. Um, so while I decided to put the filter on, I'm like, all right, as you just mentioned, like this is going to have to be a more serious thing because as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm hitting 30. Like I want to find my person in like the next five years, hopefully like that's my timeline. Um, so yeah, to be, to be transparent about it earlier on the better, like I don't want to find someone that I do really connect with. And it's like, we're on different pages because that's not gonna, it's just not going to mesh well because he could be very adamant about wanting children and I'm adamant about not wanting children. And that's just never going to work out, you know? Um, so I, again, as I said earlier, I'm mentally preparing myself to start having those conversations and really just like stick by my guns about it and not let anyone kind of bulldoze me over because I've come across people who are like, Oh, don't you worry one day you'll grow up and you'll really, you know, want it or you'll want them or you'll change your mind or, you know, not because of a man, but you'll change your mind. You'll see like how wonderful children are. And I'm like, they are, again, I don't want my own. And then there always comes like the sub conversation of like, well, would you adopt? Would you foster? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I would adopt. Maybe like when I'm like really financially sound and I know that I can really like give my all to a child and give them like a second chance at life, maybe. And that was kind of my like stance for a little bit. And then I also realized that, you know, I just, I don't want to be responsible for another human life. Again, does that sound selfish? Some people would argue yes. And I probably will get backlash about this, but you know, I've decided I just don't want children in my life in any capacity. And that also includes fostering. So, you know, you can be a mother in other ways to a dog or a cat or any sort of pet. And I think that is still, you know, legitimate on so many other levels. It doesn't have to be a human. Um, So yeah, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but that's kind of, you know, the whole basis of, of all of this really. First of all, I love how you just said tangent. I was like, <laughs> it was like, like a night, like a moment of like a British accent. I loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a weird whatever. <laughs> I, no, I, that that was great. Made me smile. Um, no, it's it's so interesting because it goes back to like what you said before about like we're raised to like think that like life is like a, a Disney movie and stuff, and like you you grow up, you like whatever, you go to school, then you fall in love, then you have kids, and yeah. it it's really interesting how we, how often we don't stop to think about what we actually want. And that's kind of what this conversation is really like the message is really hitting home for me of like, 
I, I know for myself, like I kind of just go through life of like, yeah, like this is the plan. Like I plan to go to college. Like I plan to like get a job right out of college. I plan to like intern every summer and then like meet somebody and then like work and then like work, maybe work a little bit less, but still work a lot because I like, like to do things and like to keep busy and would go crazy if I wasn't working, but like have kids and, and then they grow up and then they go to college and it's like, we don't stop to think about, is this what we want? And is this right for us? So I really yeah. do admire how you have done that for yourself and how even when people have tried to push you in, in one direction or the other, like even when you first thought about like, okay, like maybe I'd foster a child, yeah. but like, and then you decided like, no, I don't want that. And that's yeah. okay. Like Thank that you. is perfectly okay. And I'm sure there are so many people out there and people listening to this who feel the exact same way, but they're afraid to decide that because of what people are going to think of them and because of how much people are going to try and push them. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me sad, but simultaneously optimistic for those people um, because I know that they're out there and, you know, they might be feeling a little conflicted with themselves because of, you know, pressures from family, friends, school, you know, what have you. And I guess I just want to say in general, as I, as we keep talking, you know, like it's okay to come to that decision on your own and it may take some time. Like, I don't know why really it's just, I don't know why I felt so strongly about it from such a young age, but I did. So I'm not saying to those people who don't want children, if they're still struggling with that, you know, like you have to know from a young age, it takes time. Like, it's just like figuring out like your sexuality, let's say, or, Mm. Um, you know, figuring out what your favorite food is or your favorite color, like these things take time or, you know, like a better analogy would be like figuring out what you want to do in life with your like you yeah. know, college major. Like there's so many very applicable a- analogies here. Um, my, my realization just came at a very young age and I guess to kind of circle back to earlier in part of the conversation, it was just always like an innate feeling and yeah, to use that analogy of like a sexual orientation, like I just always felt that. And I feel like, you know, I'm straight, I'm a cisgender woman, but I always felt from a, that young age that having kids just wasn't in my forte. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of how it goes for people who are gay, lesbian, queer, like they kind of always have like this feeling with them and, you know, that takes time to really come to uh, materialize over time. And that can still, you know, go on for decades. You can, you know, come out of the closet or, or, you know, figure it out, you know, when you're 40, 50, 60, you know, what have you. So yeah, it's just, uh, I guess I was lucky in that regard. And then it, because I found out from, or figured it out from such a young age, I was able to kind of build up that like resilience, that mental resilience to have those like, you know, rebuttals to people. Yeah. And, and, you know, for people who haven't had that time to do that hopefully like listening to this and and hearing your story will help um I want to get into your current dating life because I know you wanted to talk about dating in New York City and it's really funny because I actually posted something on TikTok today about like it was like when people ask about dating like (laughs) how dating in New York City is and it's this like voiceover I think it's actually from the circle and this girl saying like how like you have to be like a really certain type of strong, like it's horrifying and stuff. But then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to like go talk to anonymous tonight about how it's not actually that different from anywhere else. And yeah. I think that's a really good point. So I'd love to hear your take on, on dating in New York city. Yeah. So again, for more context, I've been here for five years. Officially it was five years this past weekend. Um, and 
you know, yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with the circle. I haven't seen it or anything like that. Um, and I also don't know like the TikTok content around yeah, it. Yeah, No need, no need. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to. Um, but I mean, so I've been here for five years and I've dated my fair share of men. Um, I've also dated my fair share of uh, men from my hometown before I moved to New York City. And so like that, and those are the only two places that I've lived um, my entire life, my hometown in New York City. And they're both comparable in the dating world. Men are, and I hate to generalize and sound so negative. So I'm trying to be careful in how I articulate this, but men and women too, you know, are pretty pretty uh what's the word um like inexperienced or whether that be uh consciously or not they're pretty experienced across the board in different cities and when I go visit in other cities and I'm swiping on I can kind of get a gist on the apps in different cities specifically you know like people are just looking for hookups they're looking for a quick thing so I wouldn't say that it's specific to New York I wouldn't even say it's specific to, you know, LA, like these bigger metropolises that have, you know, huge populations. It's pretty like consistent across the board. Um, and here in New York, you know, what makes my story a little interesting is New York City is a melting pot. And through my personal experience, I found that I actually prefer to date uh, European guys, specifically like British, uh, Irish guys. And that happened because I actually did have a bit of a thing with a Irish gentleman. Um, and it was just the most beautiful, quote unquote, relationship that I had. I mean, it was short lived, but it was the most romantic thing that I ever experienced. And um, I really want that again. <laughs> so that might influence why I continue to seek out European guys. But I think more so it's just they um, they court you differently and they're more attentive and, um, you know, selfishly and, and uh, whatever. They uh, they dress better. They just like they groom themselves better. So I can go on and on and on. But basically, you know, through my my crazy dating experience, I've just I tend to uh, gravitate towards Europeans. Do you think it's like, do you think them being European is, is what influences this? Or do you think you just happen to find maybe a higher caliber of man in these Europeans who maybe have like gone out of their comfort zone? They're more emotionally mature. Like they tried something new by coming to America. They had to learn how to like communicate more with people because like, A, they're not from here. And so, like, you know, like, do you think it's that they're European and like they were raised differently and just like they things are like more traditional or like, and like more kind of like romantic there, yeah. or do you think, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, no, it's, it's the latter. Definitely. I think they're just raised differently. Um, you know, there's more, the men are always taught to really, you know, respect the women more. And I, I hate to say it in that way where it's like almost like a, a slap to American men as if like American parents don't raise their children that way, but there's just more tradition behind, you know, how you kind of like approach a woman and how you treat her and how you take her out and how you are. And that's just from, this is what I'm gathering from like the conversations that I have with these European mm -hmm. men. Like I will straight up ask them, you know, like, why is it that you like American women is like, obviously you're here in America. So like, that's what you're going to date. But like, right. you know, you could, just choose not to. And they're like, no, like we like American women for X, Y, and Z reason. And it's really just like 
they all generally tend to say that American women are more attentive to them. They're more warm. They're more jovial. They're more polite. You know, the list goes on. It's because we're anxious. Sorry? It's because we're anxious. (laughs) That's probably, yeah. That mental health baby. Yeah. Um, And that's really nice for us to hear. And it's reciprocated really well. So I think American women and European men just kind of like coexist a little bit better (laughs) in a a more respectful uh, synergy. This is making me think of, of some, a few things. One, I think like regardless of how someone was raised in America, and again, we're specifically talking about guys and, and guys listening to this, like I'm not, yeah, like this could be girls too. This could literally be anyone. And I apologize if it's coming off like I'm attacking you because I really, you, you guys know me, I, I don't mean for that. Yeah, but sorry to the guy listeners, we love you. Yeah, I feel like regardless of how you were raised, it's like for the, a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the social circles that I run in that I'm sure you as well run in, it's like you're raised however, and then you go to college and then people are like in frats and mm-hmm. sororities and going to these college parties and and like I've had people come on the podcast before and talk about how like you, like it was whether it was their frat or their sports team like there's all of these like pressures and influences to like be a fuck boy to not respect women to yeah. like just get with as many girls as you can and just mm-hmm. like not care about who you're hurting in like on the way and yeah. I feel like that's the bigger part of it and we see that on TV too we see that on TikTok like we see yeah. that on social media in general where where people aren't actually like reminded to be respectful of each other and to like communicate and be cognizant of how your decisions and how your actions are impacting people. And I, I feel like it is different overseas and in, in some other parts of the world and, and just other, I guess, like social circles and like kind of the way people like spend their like late teens, early twenties. But What's interesting is I can think of guy friends of mine. I can think of guys I've met over the years, guys I've dated who were attentive, like did treat me so well, like were very chivalrous, like communicated so much, did all the things. And other people would look at them and be like, oh, like they're gay, right? That's ridiculous. And I'm like, no, I think they were just raised really well. (laughs) And it's like, but they're friends with so many girls. And I'm like, yeah, because like they know how to talk to girls. Right, exactly. It's like, this is not really a complicated thing. Like you just talk to women as if they're like, you know, treat them Humans. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, like you took the words out of my mouth. It's like that concept alone, the fact that women have to like almost beg for that, it just, it blows my mind because again, I don't want to sound like negative towards like American men or American families or American parents who raise boys specifically. But it's like when you do come across men in college or whatever social circle or whatever, and they're acting a little like less than it's like, where's this behavior coming from? Like who taught you how to be respectful, even to like their friends? Like it it doesn't have to be like a romantic thing, like men against women or whatever. Like, it's just like, where is this like rambunctious dysfunctional like behavior coming from and if we're gonna you know take like the college aspect or take that uh that example it's like that sort of kind of feeds into itself because if you're being initiated initiated excuse me into a fraternity you know like you have to prove yourself you have to do x y and z things to become and uh to be initiated into the brotherhood and you know there's a whole like madness to it but i don't know i just 
is is that worth it? I mean, it must be because they go through it and it happens every day. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm starting to get like a little um, like crazy about it because it just, it really blows my mind. And I don't know if I ever did have a kid, I'd want to raise him to be respectful and <laughs> be the most chivalrous person. Um, you know, and that's not to say that I haven't dated American men. Like, you know, I'm talking to a few on the apps right now and they're lovely and they haven't been, you know, dysfunctional or, you know, weird with their communication or anything like that. Like so far it's been smooth sailing. So I don't want to say that I only single out European men, but I tend to gravitate towards them more. Um, and I find that I just get along with them better. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, everybody has a type or a type of person that they're interested in or that they feel like things fit better with and, and feel better with. And, um, yeah, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. I mean, I know my my mind is spinning right now, partially because I haven't really thought about this stuff before, but also partially because I feel like people are going to come for me after this episode. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm people who open the can of worms. And I really, again, like I really want to reiterate to all the listeners, especially the men, I'm not putting anyone down. Like this is just me trying to like, as I'm speaking to Alana, like articulate it and like, like defend and justify, you know, like why, why I gravitate towards like European totally you know <laughs> plus the guys who listen to this like I know my guy listeners like you guys are literally the greatest and the fact that you are even listening to this podcast shows like a different level of emotional maturity and I love that like, than the 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 general group of people that we're talking about yeah no I love that that they're in tune with you and and take care your words seriously yeah (laughs) for sure um okay I want to kind of go back to the the kids conversation um, that we were having before Mm -hmm. and I'm really curious like obviously you have expressed that like these are your feelings and this is where you stand and obviously it's different than the expectation and then what a lot of other people our age like in our world are planning on doing but is there anyone else you've talked to like any friends anyone you've met over the years who shares the same desires to not want to have children? Honestly, not too many. Um, I feel like I have come across some people who have shared the same belief, but no one's really coming to mind except for one of my friends who does listen to the podcast. Um, She, she does share like the same general opinion about not wanting children, but she's a little bit more on the fence about it only because she worries about when she gets into her golden years, who is going to take care of her. (laughs) I think that it, you know, that is a legitimate concern. And again, is that a selfish reason? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, you kind of want to grow old with someone and, and have, you know, a family to, you know, do things with and create memories with that's a very legitimate thing. Um, so she's, you know, coming at it from a different angle, I suppose. Um, and that's like one common denominator that her and I have. And, you know, we go back and forth and we're like, no, we're never having kids. Like, I mean, I for certain am definitely not. But she's like, you know, I could maybe one day like have one or two just to make sure that I'm not, you know, dying of Alzheimer's or something. I'm like, okay. Quote, I'm not having any, end quote. Next quote, maybe one or two. Um, no, that's funny. That's really interesting because I actually hadn't thought of that perspective of it too with like having someone to take care of you and and I feel like maybe a few years ago there was something that like my dad said for the first time where it's like 
oh, you'll be doing this for me soon. Yeah. Like when I was in the hospital sick with something, he's like, don't worry, you'll repay like the favor. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And it's so interesting because it, I mean, I feel like there's also in general, a really good chance where you could have kids with the hope that they'd take care of you when mm-hmm. you're old and, and need someone to take care of you. But yeah. They might not stick around. They yeah. might not be there. They might choose to do something totally different. They might yeah. have no desire to do that. So yeah. that's something where like having kids for that reason, and no knock to your, to your friend's uh, perspective on this, but I feel like having kids for that reason like isn't the right reason. No, I hear you completely. Like it's valid on both sides, I think. Totally. You know, you know cause it's like, yeah, you want to make sure that you're taken care of when you're older down the line but also like is that the only reason like you're gonna be bringing in life into this world you know I I I don't know so I can see both sides of the coin definitely it's just kind of like how you walk that line and you know how you're gonna justify it I suppose you know like I'm I'm the perfect example of I moved away from home and my my mom is she's getting up there and she's got you know some health concerns and I wish every day that I was with her more to, you know, escort her to her doctor's appointments. And I, you know, I feel a little guilty. I'm, I'm her firstborn. I'm the firstborn in my entire family, actually. So, you know, I just, that guilt is with me that I moved away from home, but, you know, I came to New York for professional opportunities. So I kind of have to look out for myself in that way. And, and I keep saying, you know, I hate to sound so selfish in my reasoning, but it, you know, this is my life. And when I do spend time with my mom, I, I make sure that I give her my all and I do go to those doctor's appointments with her and I set her up for success and I take care of everything that I can when I'm with her at home and I keep in contact with her. So that guilt is with me, but you know, I, I still have to do what I have to do and I keep that, you know, strong head on my shoulders and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's no, a tough situation. It's, it's, I think I've really carved a weird lifestyle for myself in a way. <laughs> I, I really admire you for it though. I feel like you're repeatedly saying like, it's selfish. Like I feel guilty. Like it's selfish. It's selfish, but it's like, there's something selfish about living your life and prioritizing yourself. That's like what you're supposed to do. And I feel like our society, our culture just frowns upon it so much. Even like, I feel like now just finally from quarantine and COVID, we've gotten to a point where it's like, okay, if you don't feel well, like don't force yourself to go into work, like take care of yourself. And like, we've gotten to a point where it's like, if like we're having kind of just like a bad day, like it's okay to cancel plans. Whereas like before it's like, no, you push through, you go to those plans. And it's like, I feel like we're making baby steps towards allowing people to prioritize themselves. But in general, there is this shadow of society making you feel guilty for putting yourself first. And I think that's really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird concept for sure. I mean, the pandemic has really, I think shifted and reshifted, you know, how we look at work, how we look at work-life balance and families and friends and obligations and all of that. So for me though, at least it's been pretty consistent. It's like, I, I stayed in New York throughout the pandemic and I had the option to go home and I waited too late. And then by the time I decided to go home, you know, they were like, we, we don't want you bringing anything with you back home, like just stay there. And so like I had to power through that and, um, you know, just keep doing my life basically and, and keep reminding myself of like why I moved here while being stuck in my apartment with one other girl who I barely knew, which, you know, thankfully we got along, but 
it was like I could have been spending all that time at home, like making up for some lost time with them and and still working my my very corporate job. And here I was like stuck in New York in a small apartment in the East Village at the time. And it was like, what what's going on? So I do commend myself if I'm going to brag about myself. I do commend myself for, you know, seeing it through and, and still having that mentality. But, um, you know, it's it's a it's just been a weird time we can all agree it's been a weird like two years and people really have like reshifted how they um how they approach dating work friends um at least that's my perspective of what's come out of this no i i couldn't agree more i think there are a lot of really big silver linings that have come out that i'm really grateful for yeah yeah. yeah, I'm glad before, to hear that too. Before I let you go, I have one final question for you. Yes. And that is, what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever gotten? Oh, best piece of dating advice? Um, I don't know if this is dating advice. I think so. Um, and if it's true, I don't know. I haven't really experienced it yet. <laughs> but I was always told if you find someone um, – assuming things are going well and things are serious that make sure he loves you more than you love him. Oh, <laughs> hot take. Okay. I, that, well, that's definitely dating advice. <laughs> I, I guess it is a hot take. I don't know. I haven't gotten to that point yet. So when it happens, I'll be sure to report back. I want to dive into that. We'll, we'll come <laughs> back to that one. You guys, Well, <laughs> thank you so, so much for being here and, and for opening up and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I know it definitely made me think a lot and I can imagine that other people are feeling the exact same and yeah I just thank you <laughs> thank you so much for having me I'm really glad that we were able to connect and make this happen and I hope people take some bits of nuggets of information and, and advice from this going forward absolutely and again you guys we got guys listening we love you no hate <laughs> again no no disrespect to no anyone. disrespect no I disrespect huge proponent for all men <laughs> we, we, we need you yes. um to everyone listening thank you so much don't forget to give a five-star rating if you're listening on spotify and a five-star rating and a review on the podcast app and send this episode to a friend if you have a friend who you think would benefit from hearing it and i know you all do so just send it to the group chat Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time.